and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each week we get together, we talk about the news of the week and the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. Of course, it would not be the John and Leah Show without Leah Brandon, so I welcome her now. Leah, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm doing better. Um, My voice is almost back to where it should be after like two months of being sick, uh, thanks to my three-year-old daughter. Um, But that's the price you pay. Get used to it. (laughs) That's the price you pay for being a dad. Um, But we've got so much to talk about uh, during this particular program. Obviously, the Iowa caucuses are tomorrow. I'll have my predictions for what's going to happen, our analysis of the crazy week that was Uh, But we often start this program by talking about football. There is no real football this week. Uh, Obviously, the Super Bowl is next Sunday, which, by the way, as I predicted last week, has turned into a uh, a racial battle in the media between Cam Newton Newton and uh, and Peyton Manning. I predicted that last week. And oddly enough, Charles Barkley, of all people, called out ESPN this week uh, for making the Newton versus Manning battle into a racial one, which, of course, is just flat out ridiculous. Yeah, that's just just flat out. Just flat out ridiculous. And so um, thank you, Charles. And uh, but I, you know, it should be an interesting game. I, I like the Panthers. Uh, I'm amazed that the point spread is as low as it is. But but the reason why I mentioned football uh, in this particular context is that in some ways the pseudo football game that occurred actually still going on as we speak today might be the most important game politically uh, that is played all year long. And I'm referring okay. to I'm referring to the NFL's Pro Bowl. And I just have to tell you, I don't know anything about the Pro Bowl. I don't pay attention to the Pro. I don't even know what it is. Right. It's basically the NFL All-Star Game. It's held in Hawaii. They've tried desperately to change it up every year now almost to try to figure out a way to make this thing work. And why I say that it's the most significant football game politically, other than obviously where you are in Alabama, nothing beats the Iron Bowl uh, for uh, politics there. But I'm talking about global politics, philosophical politics, although I guarantee I'm the only one that thinks of it this way or talks about it this way, certainly on a nationally syndicated talk show heard on 22 different stations throughout this uh, formerly great nation of ours as the John and Leah show is. But here's where I'm going with this. I think this is an important point. To me, the Pro Bowl, and I do this shtick every year, but it's it's an important shtick. The Pro Bowl is the personification of why socialism cannot work. <laughs> and what I mean by that, and this is really, I think, a very cogent point. You tell me if I'm wrong, Lee. I know you will. But here's what I mean by that. Socialism is based in the notion that if you take the same people and they do the same things, but you take away their incentives, nothing will change. That's right. You know, whether it's health care, you know, or education, whatever it is, you know, that things happen in a vacuum. If you if you alter the incentives, it's not going to alter the outcomes. That's, that's right. That's the basis of socialism. Well, last week. You know, we, we saw two NFL games, one of which was hotly contested, the other was not. But they were very intense battles, very intense, because the incentive was to go to the Super Bowl, right? And, and there was a lot of money on the line, both, uh, you know, in the immediate term to get to the Super Bowl and everything that entails, as well as 
contracts being renewed. Bonuses. And, yeah, that, that kind of thing. So there's, there's a huge amount on the line for the players, and the result was very intense contests. In the Pro Bowl, you have allegedly the best players in all of the NFL playing in a what appears to be what looks like a football game. Right. Except it's totally different. <laughs> There's nothing remotely similar about... They might as well just bring out the flags. Oh, it's... it's and just play flag it's, Right. It is flag football, only taken less seriously than a lot of flag football games I've played in. And I mean that in all sincerity. So, so you have allegedly the best players playing on national television. By the way, probably a huge TV audience, which is ridiculous, but uh, a big TV audience, national TV, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the best players who decided to show up. Of course, you know, the better players, they fake injuries, and the other the ones that are in the Super Bowl obviously don't play. But the point of this is it's the same sport, allegedly the best players. The only thing they've done is taken away the incentives and everything collapses. Oh, yeah. Okay, I could see that. Totally, I could see that then. Totally collapses. Now, it's not just a little bit less intense. It's not just a little bit less entertaining. There's just not a little bit less effort. It's total collapse. And that is why socialism doesn't work. And that's the type of thing you'll only hear on the John and Leah show. Uh, well, you know, it's really interesting that you should put this together because this week Sweden announced they're going to give everyone, I think it's $2,500 a month, okay. everyone. All right. And they are convinced that those people who are working will continue to work. Good luck with that, Sweden. <laughs> Good luck with that. No, I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me, and we see this all the time, that, that the socialists, the Democrats mostly, with, you know, and I'm not even talking about the Bernie Sanders socialists. I mean, I consider Hillary Clinton to be in this category, oh, and, sure. and most of the news media, that they pretend as if, if, you, if you give somebody something for free, that it's not going to alter their behavior. If you give it to them free into perpetuity, that it's not going to alter their behavior or their, their work ethic or what have you. It's just it's – just, uh, It's just flat-out ridiculous. So, um, <laughs> all right, so when we come back, we're going to get into the, the – obviously the big news story that we've been covering for months and months and months now. The, the primaries are now finally going to get out of the theoretical realm and into the – the practical realm of actual votes with the Iowa caucus tomorrow. But but I have to say, Leah, I, I, I have to acknowledge that I'm doing the show in a bit of a distracted state of mind. What's uh, going on? Well, I've had a, a, a crazed ex-girlfriend. <gasps> Which uh, one? <laughs> I've had a, a crazed – I have a lot of them. Uh, I have a crazed ex-girlfriend who has been emailing me for money. Uh, desperately, and I mean, let just—I just want to share with you some of the um, the subject lines of these emails. I mean, it's just been insane. Uh, one of them is uh, "Don't have much time." Another one uh, is "This is incredibly hard." Followed up a couple minutes later by "The hardest thing I've ever done." Oh I, uh, no! Another one I have to ask you. Um, another one, they've attacked my children. Actually, oh, you're kidding! Yeah. Oh, actually, wait a minute. I've made a mistake. This is not from a crazed ex-girlfriend. These are emails 
These are fundraising emails from Ted Cruz that I've gotten oh, no. you know, Listen, in the last uh, The ones days. I'm getting from Marco Rubio are exactly <laughs> the same. The crazed ex-girlfriend at a level 10 email? Yes, it's so weird. <laughs> it, they're so bizarre. I, I would love to know who actually wrote these things. I mean, it is pathetic. And this this is how we select the leader of the free world, folks. Uh, it's insane. But uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. When we come back, uh, we'll get into all of it. You will not want to go anywhere for the next two hours and 45 minutes, I promise. You can check out all 22 stations on which this program is broadcast at our website, www.freespeechbroadcast.com. Broadcasting.com. It's the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And tomorrow, finally, after months and months of discussing this on this program and on thousands of others across this formerly great nation of ours, the primary process for determining who will be running to be the next president of the United States finally begins with the Iowa caucuses. Uh, we'll have full coverage over the next, uh, I say, hour and a half, two hours with analysis you will not hear anywhere else. And, of course, Leah, when we began covering this campaign uh, so many, many months ago, I'm pretty sure both of us realized that it would really all come down that week before Iowa to whether or not the Republican frontrunner would decide to boycott a debate that was hosted (laughs) by Fox News Channel because he thought that Megyn Kelly was out to get him. Yes. Uh, I I think we all pretty much figured that's how this was all going to turn out. Uh, Before we get into that, we do have to – you said something funny over the – during the commercial break, which was, you know, say what you want about Donald Trump. Um, at least we don't have to worry about fundraising emails from Donald Trump. Amen. Because <laughs> he, he doesn't really care about how much money uh, no. he gets or spends, frankly. He doesn't less need than, it. Well, he does need <laughs> it. That's one of the myths of this whole thing. He does need it. He hasn't really spent it himself, but at least he's not begging for it. That uh, we can you know, certainly uh, take a, a lot of uh, cheer in because we don't have to worry about these bogus, desperate, pathetic uh, email uh, fundraising uh, requests that we get from all these other candidates not named Donald Trump. But uh, tell us about what happened this week with regard to Donald Trump and will he or won't he show up at the Fox News Channel debate? Well, 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 yeah. Donald Trump threatened to pull out unless Megyn Kelly was removed as moderator. Now, we all know that Trump claimed she treated him unfairly in the last Fox News debate, but... Uh, The Fox News brass also, according to Donald, had disrespected him by sending out a statement that he was scared of Megyn Kelly. Fox refused to pull Megyn, so Trump dropped out and held a fundraiser for veterans. Now, he claims he raised $6 million, and Trump's rally was broadcast in part on CNN. Now, Trump says, well, he did the right thing. I wasn't treated right. I did something that was very risky, and I think it turned out great because I'm on the front page of every paper. I'm getting more publicity than if I, you know, I don't know. And Cruz, who's in second place, he got really uh, pummeled last night. Actually, I'm glad I wasn't there because I guess all of that, he got pummeled. Wow. And, and, you know, they didn't even mention that he was born in Canada, right? You know, it's, 
When you're born in Canada, you're not supposed to be running for president of the United States. Prime Minister of Canada, no problem. Now, he also says that Ted Cruz is a Canadian anchor baby. (laughs) Which, by the way, um, while not accurate, uh, I don't believe, is working. Uh, It appears to be working. But let's, let's, before we get into Trump and Cruz, because we'll have plenty of time for that, I want to talk about this debate situation. Because I find this fascinating, uh, because it goes to, first of all, who Donald Trump is and what you and I have been talking about for months now, which is his seemingly savant-like ability to do things that no one else would do that would turn out badly for anybody else, but for him... With me, it's just works, you know, it's magic. And It's magic. And I think this is one of those situations. Now, I, I am often slow to get hip to what's really going on when something changes. But once I realize that it's changed, I do I catch on fairly quickly at that point. And I think I've done that with Donald Trump. And in the midst of this controversy, before he decided that he was not going to do the debate, I tweeted uh, that I thought he should not. That strategically, politically, forget about the fact that it's, you know, I want to seed here that this is not presidential. This this feud is ridiculous. Um, It's a faux feud. um, Yeah, I don't think it's warranted. I don't know that it's faux, but it's not warranted. Uh, It makes me think less of Trump in a lot of ways. But I'm talking purely as a political strategist, Leah, okay? Purely as a political strategist. I thought that this was the right thing for him to do, mainly because if he backed down and went, I think he would have lost a lot of his persona and aura as the alpha male. I think he would have bluffed too many times. And as he says in the clip that you played, he would have he would have shown up and he would have been the focus of the attacks instead of that's exactly right i'll show you who's a lightweight mr trump right and so so because he doesn't show up he does a couple of things not showing up was brilliant in this way number one it made ted cruz the focus of the attacks oh yeah not him number two it also i think and i don't know if this was his intent or not but it clearly provided him with an outstanding excuse if he were to lose the Iowa caucuses, because he could simply say, oh, you know, I made a mistake. I didn't show up for the debate. They took it out on me. It had nothing to do with whether I could get my voters out or whether or not I'm really popular. We can just pretend this result didn't happen. Let's move on to New Hampshire and forget about those <laughs> losers in Iowa who never picked the winner anyway. That's but, right. So, that's his whole mantra. That's So that's his backup plan. So by <laughs> skipping the debate, he eliminates any change. I mean, not any chance, but I mean, he would have to really crap the bed tomorrow night for for him not to be able to make that excuse and to have it be at least somewhat plausible. Yeah. So, So and then as far as the way it actually turned out, I think it turned out, frankly, great. Now, we'll know tomorrow night if it really turned out great for Trump. But I think it was strategically, politically the right decision for all the reasons that I just mentioned. Do you agree with that? I do. All right. Now, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about Trump and then get into what actually did happen at the debate itself. Full coverage, obviously, of what's going to happen tomorrow, our predictions, analysis you won't hear anywhere else on the John and Leah show right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. You can check out each and every one of the 22 stations that broadcast this program on a weekly basis, three hours of news, opinion, and analysis. You will not hear anywhere else, and occasionally we talk about the craziness of our own Lives. We will discuss some of that, by the way, in the third hour of the program as I will give an update on a discussion that uh, Lee and I had a few weeks ago about whether or not uh, the Ziegler family should try to have another child. So <laughs> there's that to look forward to. But first, we've got to get into all of the machinations and the details regarding what's going to possibly happen tomorrow uh, with the Iowa caucuses and the beginning of what promises to be the craziest primary season in the history of America, both on the Democratic and Republican sides, potentially. Now, let's start with the Republican debate that did happen this week. Before we get into that, though, Lee, I still want to have a couple more thoughts on Trump deciding not to be part of the debate and why I think that was the right decision. I don't know whether or not it's really helped him. It clearly hasn't hurt him yet. I think it was the best decision based upon, from a political standpoint, based upon what his options were. And let me also say that I think he had a little bit of the moral high ground, even though this is a very dumb issue, okay? I, I, if, if I, In a rational world, we wouldn't even be discussing anything as silly as this. But we're in Trump's world now. And, yes. in, tr- and in Trump's world, I thought, and, and Trump said repeatedly this is why he bailed, I thought that the statement that Fox News put out yeah. was juvenile. It was. I mean, it was shockingly juvenile uh it, it and, and trump even said it it was almost like it was written by a child mm-hmm. and um and my my gut tells me tell me what you think is that fox news channel I'm, i've dealt a lot with fox news channel not recently because i'm sure i'm blackballed there but i i've dealt a lot with them in previous <laughs> among years. others right I'm, if i'm not it makes me <laughs> i'm blackballed by everybody but that's but, right but i I've, ex- I've had extensive interactions with fox news channel met with the highest not roger ailes but everybody below him at Fox News Channel, been on the air many, many times. Um, And I think that they have an arrogance, especially when it comes to their role in, say, a Republican presidential primary. Yes, they do. That is extraordinary because they think, hey, look, we got a monopoly on anything that's, you know, center right uh, or beyond that when it comes to news television. And so if you're going to win a Republican primary, we you got to kiss our ring. You have to kiss our ring because we're Fox News Channel. That's, I think, the Fox News Channel attitude. And I also think they thought Trump's bluffing, that Trump would never ditch us in a debate. Exactly. With all the ratings and attention he's going to get, and we are it. And it's just before the Iowa caucuses. So I think Fox overplayed their hand. And one of the reasons why this works for Trump is a large part of his argument for his candidacy is I'm a great negotiator, right? Uh, you yeah. can't you can't screw with me. I'll walk away. And so he exhibited that in a very strange way that would have torpedoed anybody else's candidacy. I mean, anybody else in the history of Republican primaries who tried to pull this stunt because of Megyn Kelly would have been done. It would have been over. But for Trump, it worked. And I don't know if you saw it, but I thought that Bill O'Reilly's interview of Donald Trump. Oh, my. That was stunning. Stunningly embarrassing, right? Well, look, you know, 
it was almost like he was his coach and Trump actually appeared to be listening to him. It was the weirdest tone. It was almost like he was being scolded by his father. That's how it came across to me. But Trump never changed his mind. Well, I had a little different take. I felt like O'Reilly, who is incredibly insecure, as all of these guys are, uh, but he's especially insecure because Megyn Kelly has usurped him as the biggest star at Fox News now. So, you know, he has for years um, been the big dog there. And now Megyn Kelly is. And I think he saw an opportunity to be the company hero. I think he honestly thought he could convince Trump. Because let's face it, Trump is actually very uh, shockingly and and rather, um, I think, um, not necessarily in a good way, very persuadable. All you got to do is stroke his ego. I mean, that's what's sure he is. The, the, the great irony of the Trump candidacy is that Trump always says, I can't be bought. Well, no, you can't be bought, but it's actually easier to persuade Trump than to buy him. All you got to do is say nice things about him, and immediately oh, he's he he's a good changes. person. He's a good, he's a good friend of mine, good yeah. person. And Trump changes his mind. I mean, that's actually scary. It's, well, that's well you can see that on his uh, reality show. It yes. happens all the time. That's what I'm talking about. I, I watch Celebrity Pr- Apprentice a lot, and I am – We'll get into this later because if Trump wins Iowa, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the dangers of a Trump nomination or presidency. But but there are many things about what I've seen in Donald Trump on The Apprentice that scares the living daylights out of me, having him be president as entertaining as it would be. But anyway, so let's go back to O'Reilly real sec, real quick. I think he wanted to be the company hero. I think he thought he could get it done because he's buddies with Trump and he knows how malleable Trump is if you stroke him the right mm. way. Um, and they've had all those milkshakes together. And it came off as desperate on O'Reilly's part, pathetic at times. The begging was just absurd coming from somebody of that power position. And as you said, it failed miserably because Trump basically said, "Um, no. Uh, And then the worst part was Trump calls O'Reilly out and O'Reilly is forced to admit that he broke his promise to Trump (laughs) about what he wasn't going to ask him. I mean, so to me. I did not have a high degree of respect for O'Reilly to begin with. I've been on his show a couple of times. I've met him in person. Uh, you know, I, I don't I watch it anymore. I, I, I can't a, take it. He is incredibly overrated. All he cares about is ratings. I mean, all he cares about is ratings and his own prestige and power. That's it for Bill O'Reilly. Uh, he's not a conservative. Um, but anyway, I, I, I thought that it that to me, a whole thing made me think even less of Bill O'Reilly than I already did. And then let me just say one other thing about this debate deal from a philosophical, moral standpoint, and I can't believe I'm defending Donald Trump. You know, I, you, you got at least folks, I know the Trump fans. Get you know, so, it's like magic. Yeah. With me, it's just <laughs> works. You know, it's magic. I, I mean, I hope the Trump fans who, who give me grief all the time on Twitter and Facebook at least acknowledge I'm very objective about him, and I try to be incredibly fair to him, and when he deserves it, I defend him. But one of the things that, that should have been brought up a little bit more than wasn't was, you know, the previous Fox News business debate, Rand Paul decided to bail on the debate, on the on the Yeah, but that's no big deal. No right. big deal because right. it's Rand Paul. Because it's Rand Paul, and it, you know, but this exposes the reality of what really happened here, Leah. This is an important point I'm about to make. So when Rand Paul ditches the, the kids' table debate for Fox mm-hmm. Business, no one cares. When Trump 
decides to bail on the big table, the, the adult table debate on the big channel, Fox News Channel. Now we've got a national cr- crisis on our hands. Why, <laughs> why is that? It's about ratings. Money. That's all it is. It's not about what's right or wrong. It's right. not. It, it's not about morality. It's that Rand Paul wasn't going to impact ratings one iota on Fox Business, and Donald Trump meant millions. Although you can have an interesting debate over how many millions on Fox News Channel because it was hard to compare the numbers. Do you compare it to the most recent debate on another channel or do you compare it to the the debate that was on Fox News Channel? Trump, of course, smartly compared it to the first debate on Fox News Channel, in which case they lost about half their audience. Um, I'm not sure which is Yes, but they said that it was still the second highest rated debate they've had. Well, that – yeah, but it was – again, it's all all the comparing apples and oranges, but to me – the most fair, it's not a perfect comparison, but the most fair comparison would be the they have two Fox News Channel debates. It's the same network, same moderators. The first time they had 24 million people. This time they had 12.5 million. You do the math. And one guy was missing from that first debate. It's Donald yeah, Trump. But I think there's a little fatigue going on, too. I don't think I, half of the people are gone because of him. I agree with that. And that goes to why it was a smart move by Trump again. Because yes, I do. True. Because if there had only been say two debates at this point then oh. i think i think it's harder for him to say screw it i'm not doing it we've had six at this point and for him his act is his debate act is getting old yes right? it's getting the more old. less is more less is more bingo less <laughs> is more and i think trump won this one and fox news channel lost in a big way we'll find out obviously tomorrow now they did actually have the debate a couple of interesting things happened lee and i are going to get into that when we come back on the free speech broadcasting network Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Tomorrow's the Iowa caucuses. In the next hour, I'll give you my predictions and full analysis of what I think will happen, and we'll get Leah's reaction to that. But first, we do want to at least talk about the debate that did happen sans Donald Trump. They still had it, despite uh, the Trumpster deciding that, uh, you know what, I'm going to take a pass on this. So, Leah, tell us a little bit about what actually did transpire. Right. Without Donald Trump on stage, Senator Ted Cruz found himself as the bullseye of not only the other candidates, but the moderators as well. He was slammed with questions about his temperament and credentials and why did everyone in the Senate despise him? And those were the questions from the moderators. (laughs) Rand Paul called him inauthentic. Marco Rubio said he would do or say anything he could to get elected. Megyn Kelly played video segments of both Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz seemingly flip-flopping on amnesty. You look at the quote, and it's very specific, and it says, blanket amnesty. I do not support blanket you went amnesty. On I do this. not support amnesty. You said more than that, sir. No, I said I do not support blanket you legalization. Said it didn't say a word about legalization. But the bill I allowed introduced... both. The bill you were amending allowed citizenship but, but, and legalization. But, Megan. The bill was a thousand pages. I introduced a series of amendments, each designed to fix problems in the bill. The fact that each amendment didn't fix every problem didn't mean that I supported the rest of the bill. 
The moderators barely called on Dr. Ben Carson. Chris Wallace got booed. Given the fact that your brother got us into two wars in Iraq and Afghanistan that have still not ended, that have still not ended, what lessons have you learned from his mistakes, sir? And finally, Marco Rubio, no question, had the line of the night. Bernie Sanders is a socialist. I think Bernie Sanders is a good candidate for president of Sweden. We don't want to be Sweden. We want to be the United States of America. And Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton is disqualified from being the commander in chief of the United States. In fact, one of her first acts as president may very well be to pardon herself. Because Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton stored classified information on her private server. And Hillary Clinton lied to the families of those four brave Americans who lost their life in Benghazi. And stop making so much sense, Marco. Get out of here. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> right. Let's move on to something more interesting. That's uh, enough. Right. Very good point, Leah. Um, all right. So is that is that uh, what you got for us? On, on there, your... That's what I have now. Okay, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, there's other things I know we want to get into with regard to um, Ted Cruz. And, and you know, look, um, here, here's the deal uh, on Ted Cruz. Uh, because he was the focus of the debate, without a doubt. Um, and you and I differ on on him, and we've gotten pretty heated in the past. I, I want to try to keep this as civil as possible, because because <laughs> I honestly I honestly want both of us to understand where the other one is coming from on Ted Cruz, because this is important. Because Ted Cruz could be the nominee. I mean, if he wins tomorrow night, uh, which I think still think is possible, uh, he could be the nominee. And and let me give you my my short analysis of Ted Cruz. You and I have both agreed in the past that one of the problems with Cruz is he has a very odd cadence to the way he speaks. Uh, His delivery really needs work. It's very much, and I'm not the only one that has said this, it is very much like a used car salesman uh, with a little bit of televangelist mixed in there. It's more televangelist than used car salesman. You think so? Okay, well, that's that's because you like him. But um, I don't like him. And let me tell you why I don't like him. The first reason I don't like him is he cannot beat Hillary Clinton. That, to me, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? I mean, that's, this is a job interview. And if you are, are uniquely unqualified to beat Hillary Clinton, I have no time for you. You are a waste of my time, and anything that you do uh, to distract from other people who might beat Hillary Clinton is is a problem. It, it is a negative. You are you are a, a weight on this effort to make sure that Hillary Clinton does not become president. And let me explain why Ted Cruz will never be president. There are two basic reasons, and they're related. Ted Cruz did something that the average American who decides presidential elections. Let's be clear who these people are. He did something. Idiots and imbeciles. Right. That's the, that's the premise. You have to accept that premise, that those are the people who determine presidential winners in, in 21st century America. So he did something that those people will be easily able to understand and which will prevent them from ever considering voting for him. And that is he single-handedly shut down the government... <laughs> while reading Dr. Seuss on the floor of the U.S. Senate. That I didn't is, know the Senate could shut down the government. That's right. funny. I really thought only the House was able to do that. You Leah. mean he shut it down? Yes, Leah. How did that happen? Uh, did you did you happen to listen to Bob Dole today talk about this on Fox <laughs> News Channel? 
Um, Senate talk, can't talk, shut no, the no, government uh, down. You, you, you go ahead filibustered. And, right, which effectively shut down the government. Mm-hmm. And, and Leah, you go, ahead and, you go ahead and try to have that argument. You try to explain to the people who will – in a, who will be responding to 30-second ads. By the way, it won't even just be 30-second well, ads. it's all propaganda it doesn't and matter lies what, Leah, and distortion. Leah, it will not. I'm, all right, I'm sorry. Right. Let, let me, but let me, but, let me but I'm up. just saying let's put the facts out facts and then matter. the spin. Facts don't matter. Okay? <laughs> facts do not matter in 21st century America, especially when you are a Republican running against a woman trying to be the I'm first sorry, woman president of the United States. I'm sorry, but I just can't hate someone who right, has all the right no, principles no, no, and on. does what he says he's going to do. Uh, well, yeah, well, it, of course he says he does what he says he's going to do because he says everything. He gives you both sides of every issue, he whether does it's not. ethanol, whether it's amnesty, legalization, uh, whatever, whatever it is, he's giving you both sides. He didn't sides, do ethanol. So. You know, he's been in both sides of ethanol, Leah. Look it up. Um, but but let, let's go back to this issue because this is incredibly important because this is the whole shooting match. Whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether it's facts-based or not, the reality is that that 30-second that ad against Ted Cruz will be devastating because we live, as Mitt Romney famously or infamously said, in a country where 47% of the people rely in some way, shape, or form on government assistance. And so for that percentage, those people, Ted Cruz is a non-starter because if he does that as a U.S. senator, what's he going to do as president of the United States? Now, secondarily and related to that, I, as, and it's funny because you said in an email today that you think that uh, Ted Cruz and I have some similarities from a personality standpoint. Oh, you're exactly standpoint. alike. Well, I don't, I don't think Exactly that as, alike. I, Everything I, standing on principle, no, on. always going head first no, no, into no, the no, least popular. No. You don't care what Bull anybody crap. else thinks. No, no. See, see, this is the problem, Leah. You have that perception of Ted Cruz because he has duped you. He, and here, and he, and he has duped you, and here's, and here's how I know he has oh duped you. Here's how I know he has duped you. Leah, I am hated by a lot of people. I'm a very unpopular person. Very, Once again, uh, so is would, he. Would you let me finish? I'm a very unpopular person. I don't like human beings. I don't like them. I think human beings are stupid. They're flawed. They're selfish. Most of them are very uninteresting. I have no patience for human beings. But, Leah, I have several... I don't know what the number would be, but multiple, very prominent, very good friends who would take a bullet for me if necessary. Maybe two on a good day. All right. Ted Cruz is very unpopular in the U.S. Senate and has not one person, not one Mike Lee, person, Jeff Sessions. Not, no, Jeff, who, Jeff Sessions has endorsed Ted Cruz. Really? I must have Jeff missed that Sessions. one. I must have missed that one. Sessions hasn't, hasn't endorsed Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz has not one legitimate friend in the U.S. Senate. Why? Sessions because has they, backed no, him no, in everything he he's done him. with immigration. Not, not, that's an issue. Well, that's because that's he's issue. not going to endorse anybody. Uh, that's not true. Sessions has said he might endorse Donald Trump. No, so, he is not. Yes, he. Mm-mm. The reality is, Leah, that Ted Cruz, if Ted Cruz, if, if Ted Cruz was hated in the U.S. Senate, but had three or four 
really solid friends who would who would stand behind him and say, this is our guy. I trust him. He's about principle. I would say, you know what, Leah? You might be right about that. That makes sense. But when it's zero, That's when it's false. zero, I take, I look at it and I go, this is a guy who's all about himself pretending to be about principle, and he has duped people like you into thinking he's standing on principle when, he, when he's shutting down the government so that you will think he's the guy with the courage. When he, It's not about what's right or wrong. He knew it was a political loser for the party, but it was good for him, and that's what he did. It was effective. You know what he was? He was effectively Kim Kardashian. He got famous by doing porn. By porn, I mean by set, shutting down the government. That was porn by Ted Cruz. Hour number two coming up next on the John and Leah Show.